I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. Annika and Sean Patrick Thomas had been married for 11 years when we did this interview, and Tommy and I were a few weeks away from our one-year anniversary. And I kid you not, the moment I walked into their house, I immediately felt just this light radiating off of them. It was easy to tell that they were deeply in love with each other. And the first time they met, it was anything but love at first sight. Well, what happened was I was uh, meeting my friends at a party. And so uh, there was a long line outside the club and they were lost and they couldn't find their way to the party. And so I was on my phone with, with my buddies, you know, trying to explain to him the address and where I, where I was because he was lost. And so while I was on the phone trying to give him directions to where I was, um, Annika and her friend came up into the line. And so her friend introduced me to Annika while I was still on the phone talking to somebody Which is somebody else. you knew. And so like, I was like, yeah, you know, you got to make a left on this street and a right on this street. And I was like, oh, yeah, hi, hi. And then it was like one of those things, you know? And so... Unacceptable. You know, I think she felt blown off, but really I was just focused on something else at, the t- at that moment. Unacceptable. You know? Because you're supposed to be in the moment of what's happening in front of you, not a phone. And if a beautiful lady is standing in front of you, you excuse me. And then at least greet the person, take in the person that you're meeting, and then give you a little directions afterwards. <laughs> right? So that's that's what happened. And so when we met again, like three months later, was it three? Yeah, about three months later, uh, <laughs> when I saw her, I thought, I know I've met you, and I know we've we've crossed paths before. And, you know, and then we just kind of got reacquainted at that party. Did you speak? Did you say that? But that's not what, what quite happened. Um, yeah. I, was, I was at the party and um, I was squeezing into the, the kitchen, like to get something to drink or something to eat. And there's kind of like a narrow opening to the kitchen. And so we kind of squeezed past each other. And as we were squeezing past each other, I was like, I'm in love with her. Well, you know, <laughs> I was like, she's, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and then and on top of that, I thought I, I, we'd met, but I just kind of, but I didn't say anything. And I just kind of, you know, went about my business. And then later on that night, I was talking to a, a friend of mine and he was telling me, um, yeah, Bob. And uh, he pointed to her across the room. And he was like, you should, you should talk to her. I, see, I was like, yeah, what's up? And he was like, you know, she's a good girl. Like a lot of these girls in here, like, you know, skis are rich, but she's a good one. She's a good girl, you know? <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. And I kind of, you know, kept my eye on her, uh, the corner of my eye. And me and my friend just kept talking. And then, you know, not too long after that, she was offering everybody cake because it was a birthday party. And so she came and she offered us cake. And uh, and then he introduced us. Yes. And, uh, and that's when we started talking. In my mind, I thought, oh, this is the rude dude that I met before. So this is, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Sean Patrick Thomas. Because I remember my friend Vicky said, don't you think he's fine? And I know how you love like brilliant actors. I was like, yeah, and he's brilliant. And, but that's about it. He's rude. I don't know, no interest. But I have to say his language did it for me. I was done. 
after probably three minutes of conversation. Yeah. We had a good talk. Yes. Yeah. We talked. I offered him the cake. Mm-hmm. And then he asked me to join him. And I thought, oh, what the heck? We sat down. And I think for the first time, my experience of dating in L.A., like somebody actually, at, at this moment, he took me in. So usually, I don't know if you have any experience dating here. It's very different from the Southern gentleman thing. But people are always looking over your shoulder to see what's coming in the room next. What's, you know, who else is here? Am I going to get that job from that guy? Sean was just, it was just me and him outside in a backyard at a party. And the conversation went from Shakespeare to family. We even talked about Lynn Thickpen had passed away. Yes, yes. Death and three hours of just nonstop conversation in his language. I was picking up what he was putting down, like, absolutely right away. I thought this is friend for life. Well, that night, um, I offered to walk into a car. And Annika's very, um, what's the word, social. And so uh, <laughs> I was like, you leaving? She's like, yeah, I'm leaving. And so I was like, okay, I walked to the door to wait for her. And I waited 45 minutes at the door for her to walk her to her car. Because like, she can't just walk through a room and, and say goodbye as she's moving. She has to say goodbye to every single person and stop and chat with every single person before she leaves. So I waited 45 minutes at the door to walk her to her car. And then uh, we walked to her car and we just kind of, it was kind of like a moment where we're like, are we going to kiss or are we not? And, and we... I wanted to taste every word in his mouth. Yeah. I did. I did. The man is just, he's a, a beautiful speaker and I wanted to taste every word, but I was like, I'm a Southern lady. I have to say goodnight now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I just met this girl. I can't just be all up in her grill like that. I need, I need to chill, you know? So, but we, you know, I asked her out and for dinner and we agreed we were going to go out for dinner like the next week. And so that was that. And then we went out to dinner like a week later. Yeah. Yeah. And then we saw each other, I think, pretty much every day since. Yeah. Yeah. Thick as thieves. Mm-hmm. We have been dating for a while and uh, I asked her to move in here. And uh, once she moved in, I thought this is not what I want. Like, I don't want to just like live here with her. Like I, I need to really decide like what this is, you know? And that took me about five minutes to decide what I wanted it to be. And so um, that was in like January or whatever year that was. And, um, and I thought, okay, I'm going to ask her to marry me. Now what am I going to do? And I just kind of just thought it through. And I, you know, I uh, told my mom, I told my sister, I told one of my friends, I told my brother. And, uh, and then I just, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) And, um, so I just, I I did the research, I got a ring and all that stuff. And, uh, and I decided I was going to ask her, uh, when we go back to New Orleans, uh, in April. And so that's what I did. I waited, I got the ring and I just kind of had it in my hot hand for a couple months. And then, uh, I went proposed in New Orleans in April. In front of my family, which is really lovely. I'll never forget, I was eating crawfish. We were having a backyard crawfish ball. And I had, if you really eat crawfish, you get the guts like everywhere. So I had crawfish guts on my hand. Sean's like saying this really nice speech to my parents about thank you for making me feel like family. And I want to make the family official. And so he shoved the ring right through yellow crawfish guts. <laughs> it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I probably embarrassed uh-huh. myself by telling a story, but... 
we were we were at my place and Sean had gotten a call from his agent or something and he was, had to accept the call and I, I went to the restroom and I'm in the restroom I'm on the toilet actually and I'm singing and I can't sing for nothing but we I love like musicals and so I'm singing getting to know you getting to know all about oh, and then gosh. all of a sudden out of nowhere this like beautiful singing voice getting to like you getting to know I was like that is my dude I love him <laughs> like I just knew and it's embarrassing how I, I know I but I knew I know I'm sorry it's all good it's all good but we could do any I mean Sean and I we can listen to Tupac Biggie and then we can go turn around and like you know watch My Fair Lady or whatever like, I was like that is I love him I love him <laughs> <laughs> um I guess for me it was uh Italy? I guess so like around that time because we had been dating for I think two or three months two and, months and we left the country together. yeah and we went on a trip to uh to Italy and uh, just very early in that I thought this is just a no-brainer you know this is just too natural it's too easy and uh I just knew I just knew you know and and uh we had an amazing trip and I thought this is crazy to go to Italy for almost two weeks with somebody that you really don't know. Yes, nuts. But it, it was so natural and so kind of perfect that, you know, it. it I just knew. I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. We laughed our way through that entire experience. Yeah. He asked me to go, and for a second I thought, I don't know him. Let me check my account, and make sure I'm good in case you know I gotta run away. Right. But it was the best time, wasn't it? It was a great time. And I think when you can travel with somebody too. Like, you know, then you yeah, know. It was a good test of everything. It was a good yeah. test of everything. Yeah. Um, note to self, do never get on a motorcycle with Sean. Just don't do that. I was here pursuing acting. I was laser focused. I had a plan. I was working 20 jobs. And as I said, dating here was so such a bizarre experience that it was just the furthest from my brain. Couldn't have, couldn't have, yuck, <laughs> to be honest. I just wanted to. And then when I met Sean at a time in my life that if I were to be fair with myself, I was a little sad because I was heartbroken about my career. I was here alone. I had no family. I come from big family. Um, and I was just starting to open the suitcase to say, I'm going to New Orleans or I'm going to Paris. I'm doing one of those things. L.A. is not it. And then I met him. <laughs> stuck here now <laughs> yeah, yeah um I really wasn't looking for a girlfriend at all like not even the slightest um I was you know enjoying my life here you know I had fam uh, friends that I was kicking it with you know every weekend and you know uh, we were having a good time and you want a show yeah and you know it was there was no there was no inclination on my part to like slow any of that down really but at the same time, at my core, that's not, you know, I'm not Mr. Party Guy, you know. And so I think that all it took was for me to meet somebody that made it make sense to me. And then that, and that was over, you know. And, you know, that's that's what happened. Because um, I was able to look at what the way I was living and what I was doing with my time and compare that to my time with her. And, you know, it, there was no comparison. And it was over. My parents have been married. 50 years now. So we, I grew up knowing what that looked like, what love looked like, what passion looked like. Um, 
New Orleans is a tricky place because you get a bird's eye view into everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I knew passion, I knew father, I knew mother, I knew togetherness, I knew family, I knew what that meant. And I knew that I hadn't met that in anyone until I ran across Sean. Mm -hmm. So I think for girls in particular, I think to see a father and to see a loving relationship is everything. In a place like New Orleans, I, I imagine you grow up fast like uh, like in New York. But so we would see relatives and fussing and fighting and you, there's a there's a lot of spirit right in that city and there's a lot of spirit in how people and so you know I'd go to a cousin's house and it'd be that whole thing that whole big thing that you're like calm down like we gotta go you know I'm gonna be in here and then you would you know to to come home and experience joy you would think okay and then even when they had their moments right because they were married and as I said we've seen it all I took a mental note. Oh, this is what I will do. This is what I, okay, my uncle this, he's showing me exactly the man that I do not want to marry. My uncle that, on the other hand, he's lovely. Like I want, like that. So you, I, I think as a little girl, like fantasizing about the whole, we, we have these little girl fantasies, right? Gonna win the Oscar and marry the man and the prince and the whole thing. Our family members really teach us exactly what we want by their actions. And I think I knew really early. I knew very early. But I I, I also I knew joy. And so that was really important to me. Is to to have a have joy in my life. To not be with someone where I didn't feel good. Because I, I saw a lot of that too. Yeah, my parents were together. My father passed when I was 18, but you know that entire time my parents were together. And uh, that's all I know. That's what's normal to me. And so um, even though we're in a business and we're in a time where, you know, so many people split or, or, or argue or fight a lot or whatever that is, that's so foreign to me that um, what we do, even though I think it's special, I, I don't think that I don't think that that's something that is not normal for me. You know, this is what you do. This is I don't know anything else, you know. And, and, and I feel like I know how to do that because I saw that. I saw teamwork. I saw uh, compromise. I saw sacrifice um, every single day. And so to me, anything that is less than that is, is just inconceivable to me, you know? Like I have friends that are married and, and they do things that I'm like stunned. Like, how do you get away with that? You know, like, <laughs> Like, like I have one friend, like his wife takes the kids to all the birthday parties all by herself. And she does all the drop off and all the pickup and all the helping with the homework and the brushing the teeth and the wiping of the ass and all that stuff. She does it all, you know? And my dad wasn't like that. Like when I got up in the morning, my dad made breakfast. You know, when I came home, you know, from soccer practice or whatever, it was my dad making dinner or my mom making dinner, or, you know, or whatever it is, or, you know, sometimes, my dad helped me with my math and my mom helped me write a paper, you know, like it was everything it was teamwork, you yeah. know. And so and I think that's how we are. And I think that's what keeps the, the gears grinding. The, the, the biggest challenge for me is was um, trying to become a mother. That was hard because 
our first year, we knew right away, Sean and I did all the stuff. We had a clean bill of health. We went to pre-canna. We truly talked about what our expectations were as married people, what we wanted, how important it was to be ourselves, but be partners, to have babies. And children, I think, came up in our very first conversation. And so when we began trying and I began, and I was losing babies, I thought one or two things. I'm going to have to divorce him because he really wants a he really wants a baby. And I, I'll tell you what happened for me is we went to the ultrasound and we, we for our first baby, and we literally skipped across La Cienega, like skipped, like something out of if people saw us, they would have thought we were high. But we were skipping and we were singing and we were happy and. And I was, you know, I was full and I was a woman and I felt great. And we, the technician came to do the ultrasound to measure the baby. And she said something really odd, like, nope, my dear, nothing's here. And this makes me cry. The look on Sean's face, like I didn't know. I thought she really, she's not talking about my baby. She's talking about something else. But the look on his face, I will never forget, like ever. And I remember thinking, I failed him because this baby died. And then we tried again, and the next baby died. And we tried again, and, and I thought, I, he wants to be a dad, and I can't do that for him. And that, that was the hardest, absolutely the hardest thing for me. You just, you, I sent myself through like crazy conversations, you know, and I'm sure, it wasn't easy on him either, but I blame myself that my body wasn't working to make this happen. And once again, the universe was telling me no. So I had the baggage of my career and now I can't have babies and what else? And, you know, <laughs> and that's not easy for somebody to, to look at you and deal with. But really, I wanted to, to, to fix it for both of us. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it never crossed my mind like, oh, you know, let me kick it to the curb. Let me, let me get, you know, a, a real baby maker. Like I never thought that, you know. Thanks. <laughs> um, so like, it was never on that level for me in terms of the stuff that she said she was worried about. But um, it, it, it made things very stressful, you know? Um, it, it made every, it, it was like, even when we weren't talking about it or actively thinking about it, it was just like hanging right there, like right over our heads, you know? And, uh, and so it, everything just seemed to be hard, you know? Like auditioning was hard and, and everything just seemed hard all the time, you know? Like no, nothing felt light and easy. No. Um, even, you know, you know, doing, having the doctor's appointments and, and, and talking about, you know, when to try and conceive and all that stuff, like that became hard and And weird. who wants to have sex with a crazy monster? It, it got hard, <laughs> the whole thing just got hard and weird in a way that, you know, was just difficult, you know? Um, but, but I was never angry at her or, or felt or resentful of her. I just felt like, this is something that we ha have to fight through, I guess, you know, and, and once we stop fighting, not each other, but fighting that, once we let go of that heavy feeling for a second, she got pregnant. Again, you know, Sensor. yeah. And um, at that point, we had stopped all the, the, the treatments and fertility drugs and all that stuff and just decided to take a break from all that stuff. We really thought we weren't going to yeah. try for a while. Yeah, um, because it couple miscarriages with um, fertility drugs. For me, I felt like a lunatic. Like I felt like somebody else was in my body. And then 
walking around timing yourself to make love like it's just like not it's not what it should be <laughs> at all yeah and i'm like sean it's time to you know like pulling his pants off at the door like baby, baby. you know <laughs> gotta do this mm. we said let's just quit right let's just not do this let's not go to the doctor let's not be inseminated let's not take drugs let's not nothing mm. and then lola came. yeah like like a month after that lola and she stayed yeah i'm so happy mm -hmm. Hi everyone. I know you're enjoying hearing from this couple, but I had to take a minute to answer a question we always get asked. Where can I watch the Black Love docu-series? Where can I watch Black Love shows like Couch Conversations, Doula Dads, Male Versus Man, Moms With Coffee? Well, Tommy and I created a solution. The Black Love Plus app is available to download now for free, thanks to our friends at Target, and it includes all your favorite Black Love content including some of our live events that you might have missed, filmed for you and available now on Black Love Plus. You can download it wherever you get your apps, Apple TV, Roku, your Android, your iPhone. Just do it today. Download the Black Love Plus app. NYU people are snobs. Good. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, that's not nice. Uh-uh. I meet his friends from NYU and they're like, oh, you did theater yet? Where? I was in New Orleans. And they look at you like, that's not, that's not true. What did, what did you say? Was that wasn't theater? That was like drunken. No, nothing. Like, yeah, no. but no, nobody said anything like that. NYU actors are more snobby than any other school. That's not true. Really? No, we're, we're competitive against Juilliard and Yale, but oh. that's about it. Like we don't even think about anybody else, and that's the truth. Yeah, this I ex see exactly my point. But, but so that's like, not like country bumpkin. You no, can, no, yeah, no, yeah. No. Y'all don't give us no respect. As Annika mentioned, becoming a mother was a challenge for her, and her thoughts on how Sean might leave her because of her miscarriages were absolutely heartbreaking. But of course, that's not what he was thinking. Their resilience and love are absolutely inspirational. Parenthood was a surprise and a blessing for Sean and Annika. So let's rejoin the conversation as Annika explains how becoming a mom affected her perception of her husband. I got to fall in love with him all over again. Um, Sean is, he really is a, a good man inside out, but then watching him as a father is, is amazing. I could not have asked for a better partner to, to love and take care of my babies with me than him. So like, it's been a joy watching him parent that I, we, we have the anxieties everybody has, which is, you know, you want to make sure they're healthy. You want to make sure generational we need generational wealth like I my mind just goes into crazy mode about taking care of them but um it's been a joy it's like, been, I, I yeah. do you have a complaint like, not I, one I feel like I don't deserve honestly to be a mother that can, can sit and complain about the children that I prayed to come into my life I I don't have a complaint about motherhood at all it's it's, it's fantastic it's it's worth everything mm -hmm. it's everything it really is everything. Yeah. It beats anything. He could win 10 Academy Awards or like we could accomplish great big things. Nothing will compare to being a mom for me. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> We're both, I think, supremely committed to like being the best parents we can be, you know? And so we give our babies all of our time, all of our energy 
you know, the hugs, the kisses, the, the wiping of the tears, the, everything, you know, like we're just like all in with the babies. And so when that's all over, I, we're both like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're literally like put on the sexy music. I'll put on the thing because I'm like, OK, I have to take care of my man, too. I'll put on the thing. We'll get in bed and we'll get cozy and right. And we're like, <laughs> it's out. It's over. It's over, you know, <laughs> and uh, that's that's something that we absolutely have to do better with. You know, um, I know I'd, especially on my side, I have to be more proactive and creative about finding ways to just like break out of mommy and daddy mode, you know, because I think that we're, we're great at that, you know. Um, but what's tough for us out here is that both of us, you know, our families live elsewhere. So we don't have, uh, you know, a whole lot of help with the kids. No. So if we want time alone. It's $500 it's, yeah, it's, to go on a date. It's an enormous expense just to, <laughs> you know, like if we wanted to have a weekend alone or a week alone, that requires like enormous amounts of, you know, coordination and planning and scheduling that, you know, it's just, it's very hard to pull off out here because we're alone. And I'll be honest, I messed up. When we first had kids, when, when Lola came, he was offering to take me any and everywhere. But I kept saying, I can't leave her. I can't go. And now I get it. Like you really do have, you have to have. Yeah, yeah. Mommy and daddy time and, and trust that you can leave the babies with their grandmother yeah. and they'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. But initially I was like, no, no. Like we left Luke with my mom for four days and went to Hawaii. And we still talk about it in terms of just like the highlight of bliss and just relaxation and just like feeling like ourselves for a minute, yes. you know? And, uh, but four days was the limit. Like she had to get back to Luke. I think he was one. He was he was too fresh. He was one. He was too fresh. I'm like yeah. he needs to see my face. And as soon as we got yeah. like on the plane talking about the kids, as soon as we got there, and Sean's like, I want to focus on you. I want to talk about you. And then he'd start saying something really nice, and I'm like, you know, Lola did this thing, and it's just like yeah. I couldn't turn off. But I'm yeah, I'm the same way though. Like we're, we're all about those babies. And, um, <laughs> but but Hawaii, we we checked out of that for a minute, and we have to do that a lot more. It's rough at times. It's hard. It's hard. You know, because um, at least for me, I can handle the rejection. Like, I, I have very thick skin with that. So that's not the issue. For me, the issue is uh, supporting my family. And so uh, the stress comes when you're like, okay, and I have my kids in this school, we're living in this nice house, in this nice neighborhood, and I, I gotta keep it going. I gotta keep it going, you know? And the stress that comes with that. With the, with the security of my family um, is an issue, you know? Like, it's it's something that that never really leaves you because you feel like you gotta get it done. And, and, and you know, it's it's something that, if I didn't have a family, I don't care. I'll, I'll sleep on a, on a cot in a, you know, one room studio, you know, with a little, you know, 15 inch TV and, and some NFL, you know, channel and I'm good, you know, <laughs> for real. But um, but I've got all this, you know? And so that, that makes it tough. I went and did a Broadway show a couple years ago and I was gone for, you know, more than five months. And that's the flip side of it, you know? And I'd call crying like, there's <laughs> two big moths, I can't kill them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like I'm on backstage, you know, in my dressing room on Broadway about to go on and she's calling me about, you know, bugs, bugs you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's the flip side of it. Like when you get the thing that you want and it's still stressful, you know, 
But uh, I think for me, watching his process, like Sean is is probably one of the most committed people I know to, to to his art. And so when I'm home with him and we're running the lines and he's preparing, and he's doing all this stuff, and the politics of it all leads him to not get the job. As his wife and his best friend and the person that knows how dedicated he is, I get angry. Like I get mad and I wanna go slap this, I wanna go slap somebody. <laughs> Don't they never? So I had to like try, I had to like tone myself down because I was getting like too like, I don't know. I was kind of angry lady around here for a minute. Don't you think? Well, yeah, but not not unjustifiably so. <laughs> but but the problem is that like, the, the anger makes sense and the anger is well-placed. It just, when you're- It doesn't do anything. Doesn't yeah, yeah, it doesn't help. Doesn't help. That's all, because when you're trying to like, keep your mind and spirit free and, and do the work, that part of it doesn't help. You know, you need to, you need to be optimistic and, and confident and positive. Right. You know. What is the Creole, that red snapper is just like ready to like, what's up? Like, what, right. <laughs> what you mean? SBT is not the one like I get, you know, yeah. but, but, it, but honestly, seriously, it's because I know his dedication, especially when it's something good. Like I know that if the phone rings right now and someone says, Sean, come do Othello for free on Broadway. He's like, look, y'all got to figure out how you're going to pay for this. Because <laughs> I'm going to even get that job at Ralph's at the grocery store because I'm out. But but I support that. Like we, really? I do. Othello I mean, for free? I, I do. I mean, I'm not, I, that puts up my shopping. But yeah, I listen, that's who I met. That's who I met. That's and true. I would be that's true. completely and ask if I said, don't go and be who you are. That wouldn't be fair. And I'm kind of a groupie when I see him on stage. Like it's, it's pretty exciting. So it does something for me too. You know, I like it. Well, the thing is with the family, I wouldn't do that for free. You I would? Just, no, I would not. He would, he's totally not telling. I would. He would do it for free and we would figure out how to trim the fat around here. <laughs> We would be letting go of some stuff. We might have to sleep in a dog for a little while. I would not he, do it for free. He would do Othello for free. I would not do it for free. He's not telling the truth. This is about honesty. You would do it for free. No, I wouldn't. You, he would. With, with babies, I would not. Sean. Not with babies. Shakespeare, he'd do it for free. He really would. Man, man, I guess I shouldn't say that. No, he would do it for, <laughs> for a lot of money. He would do it for twenty million dollars. <laughs> is what he would do. Yeah, I guess she get. Well, you know, you know how some people sing in the shower. Like I, I would do a, you know, yes, something I, know. I remember from class. You know, in the shower. Yes, he you would. <laughs> but I don't believe that. Number one, I think that if I was offered Othello for free and I was like, yeah, um, I'm out, that that would be an issue, and it should be an issue because I have a family. I would never have a problem with that at all because I have responsibilities. We would light a candle in the dark. No. He would I, I cannot do anything for free right now in my life. I can't because I have responsibilities. And so I know that. I know she knows that. And I know that in her mind, she understands that I would want to do it. I think she also knows that we, we just can't do that. When we, when we first got married and we were trying to have babies, he got offered a play and he left. And I was so angry. I'm like, what? Uh, we need to make a baby. We just got married. What, what are you doing? And then in my raging moment that I was having with myself, when I could hear myself just having this bitch about the whole thing, I thought, oh, stop, stop. That is, that's who you married. You married an artist. You married someone that loves the stage. You, you This is who you, shut up. 
like stop your wine like but really and i had to like seriously and i probably had this conversation out loud which is i shouldn't be admitting but i went through that i went through that because i was angry like how you leaving me and we just got married but i know that i i, I know that pull for him and i yeah i had to like i had to reconcile that because it you know for a minute i'm like it's all about me <laughs> spoke to my father and he asked me he goes let me ask you a question Ani. um what was sean doing for a living when you met him i said he's an actor and what was he doing was he earning a living as an actor prior to that no but he was on stage and and he's like i knew sean for five minutes and i knew that's who he was at his core so why are you angry at him for being him i was like because I'm special and he should be with me. <laughs> should be. You know, you need somebody to give you that moment of clarity. Like, just stop your nonsense. And I, I got over myself then. And now I'm just, I, it's cool. Whatever it is, it's cool because that's who he is. And he supports me. Any idea, I could tell him I want to sell fried cockroaches on the internet and he would support that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? We support each other's thing. But it, it took me a little minute. I was mad, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I always thought if it was flipped and, you know, somebody offered you, you know, a movie in Pennsylvania, you would go do it. And yeah. absolutely you should go do it because that's something that you want to do and love to do. And so I, I, I didn't understand why that didn't apply to me. At that well, time, you know, because I thought if you got some, if you got offered some movie in Pennsylvania, I would pack you a bag and push you out the door because that's what you want to do. But and I so would that's be right I back thought. and I would make money. I know okay. it's, it's, it's a BS argument. We, we came up with something that I'm so excited we didn't really have to use, which was this uh, tap out rule. So Sean's really into sports, football in particular. And we could be at, and mind you, I like jazz he doesn't but so but when i when we're when we decide to to go to the place that we don't want to be we i think that you have to go full on right like if you're gonna come be present i want you to listen to this lick and i want you to hear that scat and i want you to like feel this music with me and sean will be at jazz fest crowds of people rah, like this like trying to see but here's, who's the, pro here's the problem the jazz fest Traditionally, not every year, but most years, is the exact same day as the NFL draft. And I need to see who the Eagles are picking up. I, and so, if I'm at this big outdoor concert, Terrence Blanchard. she's not paying me any mind anyway. <laughs> I want to see who the Eagles get in the second round. We need a wide receiver. We need an offensive lineman. We need a defensive back. I want to see who they got. And But Trombone Shorty is right in front I, of me. I don't even know who Trombone Shorty is. <laughs> and so to me that's not a big deal you're doing what you want to do i'm doing what i want to do but if we're together so look we came up with this thing like this tap out rule okay so you get like five tap outs a year right because there's always some place that i'm going to be invited to that sean's like really in. and the rule is you can tap out no explanations but if you come you have to come fully present so if i'm going to the eagles game I better be yelling and screaming for the Eagles, which I'm a Saints fan, so that's kind of hard. But fully present and in your body when you go to this thing that you don't want to go to. But we've been so good that we have not had any tap. We didn't have any tap outs last year, do we? I've never tapped out on you. Tap out on you. 
but but you know what I mean? Like I, for me, it's important, I think, to be present, right? You're at a lunch with someone to discuss business, discuss whatever. I don't care if we're talking about nothing, but don't text and talk to someone else while we're engaging. I agree, I agree with you. I can't. I agree yeah, I, 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 but here's the thing. Do not schedule a lunch to turn the draft. And it's easy. <laughs> There's the draft. I have to be on that. And then once the season starts, I mean, I got to watch the game. Every, every game. game. Because every, every game, game, yeah. Every single game. Every single Eagles game. No, every game. Every game, because then you're on the, what you call it? The fantasy football. Fantasy football. And then he's in five fantasy football leagues. So like three. The kid, look, we on Sunday, the kids and I know, like, let's just go, let's go to church, let's go shopping. Because daddy is glued. We stay home when the Saints are on. Nothing should happen during the draft. To me, that's real easy, you know? I mean, it's a big deal. This is a real football house, actually. Yeah. Yeah. What did I learn about myself? I guess good things and bad things, you know? Um, I think, I guess in terms of something I can improve on, um, I, I think that if I, just, if I think I'm right, and if I know that I'm right, uh, I, I don't care what anybody else says or what anybody else thinks because I'm right. Something going on there? <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm not saying that I've made a, I'm not, I haven't completed a full journey on that, but, but I'm aware of it. And so now if I feel like I'm right and I feel like I know what I'm talking about, um, if I think it's going to be a contentious thing, whereas before I would ignore or, or, or talk over, now I keep my mouth shut and I listen better and I listen more. I still might think what I think and feel the same thing that I feel, but I'm just more diplomatic Short about it. Your eyes. But I'm just more <laughs> diplomatic about it and I, and I listen more and I really try and see the other side. I might see that other side and listen and still decide that I'm right, but at least I make the effort. You know, and that makes a huge difference. I mean, I've had, you know, I think it was my dad that told me, he said, you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Oh. Which, which one? Be? And I, and I'm still a type of guy. Right. I'd almost rather be right than happy. <laughs> you know? He's right. <laughs> and, and so I know that that's not ideal, but at least, like I said, the, the awareness to me is part of the journey, you know? Um, but at the same time, I still can't imagine myself doing something that I know is clearly wrong. And being happy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because when we think we're right, then we're right. Right. Like I, I did the play that I did in New York. I did it with uh, Denzel Washington, and uh, we're talking about this subject. And he says, "Look, somebody that he was uh, working with told him, hey, look, we can both be right, you know." And that was a way of just kind of squashing the whole thing. Yeah. But it, what that really is 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 holding on to what you think is right. You know, and just choosing not to fight the other person on what they think is right, you know, and uh, that was funny. I think for me, I have, and it's it's been a journey. I I, I no longer need validation. Um, it's funny when you pursue a career like acting, you need somebody to validate you. They have to say that you're good, you know, or you grow up in a in a place like New Orleans. It's very. The aim of life there is to love good and to look good and party good. So like you, you, you hear every day, you're so pretty, you're so pretty, you're so smart. You're like the validation, constant, constant, constant. And then 
I've really learned that I'm just I'm I really am comfortable in my skin. I like I like Ani and I like my mistakes and I like how I learn from my mistakes and I, I don't I no longer need that seal of like it's good because because now I know. And you know, when we first got together, I think I was still needing that it's some kind of subliminal thing like you need the you need to hear it every five minutes that you know you're awesome but yeah now I'm give shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I know I know I'm good that that took a while which is crazy but it's a rough rough it's place hard. and people are you you're constantly hearing no you're not good enough you're not tall enough you're not black enough you're not white enough you your accent is funny like you, there's er everything you can think to hear you hear and then finally i decided you know what i am enough and you're just blind <laughs> and that's just how i'm going to see this <laughs> right so just learning to be just more comfortable and he's allowed me to do that too mm -hmm. cuz to me and maybe and this gets back to what we were saying before about being right like i don't value anybody's opinion on me more than me you know what I mean? Like to me, I have the highest level of security in terms of like opinions on me. <laughs> you know, well, yes. any, anything that you think or you say doesn't have anywhere near as much value as to what I think about me. Except that you're in you a know? business where someone else has to to say yes. But you have to have the arrogance that if they say no, to keep stepping. I have it now. Right. I did not always. Right. Now everyone can kiss it. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing about being married to her, I mean, the first thing that pops into my head is the way she loves my babies is just beyond anything I would have ever dreamed or expected. You know, like the most amazing mother ever, you know. Uh, that's the first thing that pops into my head. Uh, and I guess aside from that, just, she sees things in me that I don't, I don't see your dream for myself, you know, and, and, and always has, you know, like she can see me accomplishing so many different things that I never even contemplated for myself, you know. And so when she sees it so easily, uh, it makes it easier for me to even begin to think about those things, you know, I would think those two things. Well, how can I talk that? <laughs> <laughs> I love Sean's kindness. Um, I don't do well with with mean people, and there are a lot of mean. There's a lot of meanness in the world. Like he's one of the kindest people I've ever known, and it's 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 a joy. It is a joy to wake up next to him. They're like my, my he's my best friend, and I fully understand. You know, people say I got your back. Got your back. It's good. It's really a lot of times shit when you hear it. And I feel like that's, I have the most genuine, like he's got my back. And I, I love that. And I also ditto on the parenthood. Like he's an amazing, amazing father. It's delicious to see him with my children, our children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we love our babies. We really do. Yeah. Wait till you have them. It's the best. You're gonna be tired. Listen, Maybe that wedding, y'all don't even understand. Katrina hit right when I'm flying home to go do all the stuff for my wedding. Katrina hits. And 
talk about a devastation. Like your, your roots are on the water. We were planning this wedding, my family, like it was the most, that was another really challenging that was huge. time for Katrina us in was our huge. Yeah. marriage. Cause I think I about, you know, the whole slide well, down we the shower wall. We married yet. Yes, but yeah, yeah we we're about to get married. Yeah. And she, of course she ruined our wedding. Invitations had gone out, Katrina hit, blah, blah, blah. And so needless to say, one of the first weddings to happen in New Orleans, we had fall dresses in the summer. We just kept it out. Cause how dare I ask my bridesmaids, let's get new dresses, let's change it up. We just did it exactly the way we intended to do before she came and ruined everything. But the funny thing about all of that is that in that video, the city looked so full, but it was, they allowed French Quarter Fest to happen. So like everybody could come back and see their relatives and the cousins and like just have a little party to say, we're gonna bring the city back. And so it looked like it was full, but really in that video was all the people that were in the city. If you can imagine that. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it was a ghost town. It was a ghost town. Yeah. It was absolutely nuts. Your family wasn't even living there at the time. My family couldn't yeah. live. We couldn't couldn't inhabit the place yet. It yeah. was still, still too, it was nothing. <laughs> but we were there party. We were there. <laughs> that video is online. That's so I nice. didn't know that. Thanks for telling us, because I had no idea. That's hilarious. Embarrassing. <laughs> the, you, know what, you know what drove me nuts was the goofy at the window pose. Now look like you're waiting. Shut up. <laughs> at the yeah, window. We have to Google that today. The wedding time was, it was, a, that was stressful. That was stressful. That was very stressful. Yeah. I, I went to, um, there's this little alley in, in the French Quarter called Pirates Alley. And we used to do uh, plays out in New Orleans. We used to do like outdoor plays, which is Congo Square kind of fun thing. And I remember that the morning of the wedding when everybody's cuckoo, I like snuck out and went to Pirate's Alley, took off my shoes. I'm gonna walk barefoot on earth, like say a prayer and homage to the ancestors and tell them all to come and like bless this marriage and whatever cuckoo-ness I was doing. But I just remember thinking, we're just gonna take all that spirit with us into this marriage and we're gonna be good. And then mm -hmm. I think we have been. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Any words of wisdom? Words of wisdom. Uh, gosh, I gotta think about that. Because I, I don't, I feel like I've so like not mastered the game. I think trust yourselves. Trust yourselves that you're making the right decisions, and and just be honest. Like sometimes honesty can look crazy. I know mm. in my case, like I'll come to him and just like, but because you can you, you can only respect that, right? You respect the honest. I, I think be kind to one another. I know that whole thing like treat each other the way you want to be treated sounds cliche. But honestly, really, like, it's so easy not to, we don't, we don't cuss each other. We don't scream at each other. We're not those people because we really do respect each other and we, and kindness is so important, at least in this house. Like, so I, I would say be kind and be yourself and be honest. And then it's easy. It's easy. And hard. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as time has passed, I think that, um, the concept of picking your battles is massive. You have to. Okay. Well, you disagree? No, just easy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, the more disciplined you are about that, the better off you'll be, in my opinion. And you'll find that those battles become less and less frequent. And you realize that how many things you may have clashed 
on before were so stupid or so pointless or so like not even about anything, you know, or what, you, what the clash was about isn't what it's really about. It's really about this other thing, you know, and so like you get to the root core of, of what the dispute is about. And and so when you do clash, it's about what it's really about and not about some stupid shit, you know, and so he's good at picking that out, too. It takes discipline. It doesn't just happen. Like that, you have to make a conscious effort to wade through the bullshit and get to the core of whatever it is, and and pick your battles. Yeah. To me, that's the number one thing. I agree. In terms of like happiness and longevity.